One of the goals of the Ethical Seduction Podcast is to help you meet the types of people who you are attracted to and be able to actually get them interested in you. So in many ways, you need to be able to like beat out the competition in order to have like this person want to actually invest their time and their energy in you. And that can really be pretty scary if you think about it, like in the big picture of everything, it can be really overwhelming. But, but here's the thing, that there's really like two parts to be able to like beat out any competition. Um, first, there's a common misconception regarding competition and competing. And I don't really want anybody falling into the trap of like thinking that like the, the competition is real in some senses, okay? So in one very big way, you don't need to compete. And the idea of competing and thinking of it that way is just really kind of all wrong and is not beneficial to you or anybody. So I want to talk about that, especially if you tend to be like a more competitive person or if you're like nervous about, you know, other people beating you out and that sort of need to win, then, you know, I'm hoping that, yeah, we can kind of talk through that and, and get a better understanding about what's going on, maybe change some perspective. And secondly, competition is real and you do need to, to show that you're going to be worth the investment that somebody's going to put into you, like with time and attention. So if you can't do that, you know, somebody better is going to come along and they're going to like win over that person's attention. And that's probably how it should be. So I do want to discuss, you know, the real side of like competition and like what are we going to do and how to how to interact with that. So in this episode, I'm going to explain like how being in a competitive environment, which is a good way to think about it, it's a competitive environment, how that actually has some really good benefits for everybody, including you. And if you tend to worry about somebody better coming along, then hopefully we're going to be able to kind of ease some of those concerns and give you some, some tips for dealing with that. But I'm also going to cover like how you can use competition to actually do some good, kind, beneficial things, again, for yourself, for the person you're with, really for everybody. But then lastly, I want to make sure that you understand like how being in this environment where there is competition, but you focusing on being present and with the person who you care about, who you're interested in, how that's actually going to make, make you stand out as being attractive. Because again, it, it can work to your benefit and it can help you get closer and be more connected with this person. And that understanding to me, that is the real game changer, which is why I want to make sure you all understand it as well. Hello and welcome to Ethical Seduction, where we help you seduce and connect the people you want so that you can live the life you want. As sex-positive educators and volunteers serving our local National Community Center, we found that some people were struggling to attract who they desired. So we developed Ethical Seduction as a pathway to help you create authentic connections with whoever you choose. So flirting and seduction skills matter. They're transformative, life-changing skills that benefit everybody around us. Thanks for joining me today. I'm your host, Stephen, and I am solo today. So we're talking about competition, where I really want to start off with is this the basics of like natural selection and evolution and just, you know, sort of talking about like how they work and, and, and why they have sort of created this world that we live in and why they're beneficial. So for anybody who doesn't really know, like natural selection is like, 
you know, an, an animal species is born and we all have different traits, you know, because we have different parents, whatever. And, and we're a little bit different than the, the species that came before us or the parents that came before us. And so some of those traits that we have, if they end up being really good beneficial traits in the environment that we're in, then those traits tend to stick around. You know, we procreate, they get passed on to future generations, they stick around. And then, of course, the flip side is if there's a trait that's not as good, it usually doesn't get passed on. Um, and so over time, you'd always have this honing of the, 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 say, the creatures that are living in the environment. And that's really what it is about, is this, this balance between the species, the animal, and the environment that it works with. And the competition is what kind of makes everything fit together and work. Okay, So that is a really basic understanding, but it also kind of, I think, is important because it explains some of like where competition is not necessarily a bad thing. The benefits of us as a species come out of competition. I think not to get on a side note, but it's like we as human beings, my understanding was like, I think the reason we're, we have the brains that we do and the abilities that we do is because we almost got wiped out and that it was a very small group of people that were able to kind of live on and, you know, eventually here we are today. Okay. But, you know, you have to have some of that kind of pressure in order to get a brain that functions the way we are or to have muscles that work the way we are. And again, you know, there's like the use it or lose it thing with competition. If you don't use your muscles, they're going to atrophy. So if you're in space and you're not using your muscles, it's like they're a burden on your body at that point in time. And they're going to fade away because you're wasting energy on stuff that's not really needed. So just understand like with competition, again, it's the way this environment, I think is a good way to, to imagine it, that there are benefits to it. And it's always this kind of honing of I'm going to say our skills and who we are as people. And it, it, a lot of a good way to think of it is like it's going to help make us better people as we learn how to live in this environment. So consider like your, your work environment. You know, you get a new job and you start off and you might not know everything about how to do that job. And you might have other people that are doing the same job, too. So it could be waiting tables. It could be being a lawyer you know, whatever, but you have other people that are, say, at your firm, at your company that are doing the same sort of job, right? So you start off and you just have to kind of learn how to do things. And over time, you get better at it. You grow, you get educated, things, things get better. You become, I'm going to say, a better person. So challenges, we, we tend to like challenges. If they're too hard, we don't. You know, they're just, they can kind of just beat us down. We don't, you know, we don't necessarily grow from them. Okay. But if they're in that like sweet spot where they're hard and we have to work at it and we're able to kind of achieve it, then that's the stuff that we really value and we really enjoy. Something that is say too easy to achieve. We, we don't always give it a lot of value. You know, it, it, it wasn't worth a lot, we'll say to us to, to obtain or get or, or learn. And so, this, so just be aware that Having a bit of a challenge that you have to kind of work through often will make you feel good about things, you know, that you, you've, you know, you've got something of value. Another kind of thing I want to talk about that is really sort of a side note, but as far as like competition is, is concerned, okay, is the 1950s lifestyle where divorce was rare. You know, nobody 
People just didn't get divorced back then, general rules say, okay? And so often what would happen is the women, the wives were sort of financially trapped. And when I just, I think of like husbands, they could, you know, sort of do anything they wanted. There wasn't, you know, they could say anything they wanted. There wasn't this pressure to always treat the other person super well because this other person, the the wife will say, is is like financially trapped. She can't necessarily leave because she doesn't have the same work environment to be able to go out and, and, and live a life. As I see it, like divorce, one of the nice things about it, divorce comes along, people started to get divorces, gets to be more acceptable. And, uh, and at the same time, you also have women that are starting to work in the workforce more and be able to make money and things. But what that does is it kind of balances things out, right? So in the past, say in the 1950s, you know, the man didn't have to necessarily be nice or kind all the time. If you're going like to today's standards, there's a lot more effort. Like if you don't treat your partner very well, they're going to leave. The nice thing about that is that it makes sure that you, you, you appreciate them, you know, that you do have to treat them well. You do have to like care for them. You do have to like put forth that effort and it ends up being, it's not, it's not real hard, you know? And so I'd like to think that the way we live nowadays is better than say that 1950s style where in my mind, it was just way more imbalanced. So keep that in mind. Like that is a, a situation I would say like there is maybe more com competition, you know, today's standards, you do have to be held accountable and take care of the other person, but it's like everybody wins in that scenario. So again, these competitive environments, don't necessarily think of them as bad. Like a lot of times it's like, no, if you can figure out how to do well in a competitive environment, it ends up being really beneficial for everybody. And that's really the point that I want to kind of just start off with is, I guess, too, don't necessarily think about it as competition with necessarily other people, but it's more often, it's more like you you are in an environment where there is competition. So many of us, who are in open relationships or swingers, BDSM type stuff, anybody who's kind of in that lifestyle where you maybe have different partners. Let's talk about that because I think we who are in those, in those types of relationships maybe have a different perspective on competition with you know, other poten potential people coming into those relationships than somebody who doesn't, somebody who is more monogamous in their views of things. And if you're monogamous, that's totally fine. But I do want to sort of talk about, say, the perspective that a lot of the open relationship communities tend to have in the way they think about love and attention and, and attraction. So there's, there's, I'm going to say, two different perspectives. Okay, So one is the zero-sum game where there's, if you think of like life as a pie, and if somebody eats a slice of that pie, then that means there is less pie for you. That that food, you know, there's only so much pie to go around. And that is one perspective. In polyamorous communities, open relationships, a lot of times people will talk about love and how love is not like that. Love is not a pie where there's only so much to go around. Like, you know, love, you can feel love for multiple people and in different ways. So if you think of like family members, you know, you're going to love each family member in a different way. 
in a different way. And the same is really true when you have romantic or sexual relationships. You tend to like different people for different reasons. You overlap in this, like the areas that you share interests when, with, and you overlap with the, I've heard somebody say recently, the goals that you and that person are working on, you know, versus say the goals that you and somebody else are working on. I don't always like the word goals, but I would say like you have shared interests and then the direction that you two and the interests that you two are pursuing together, you know, that's really in my mind, like what defines relationships. So if you have multiple sexual or romantic relationships, they may have some areas where they kind of overlap, but a lot of times, you know, one person is different than somebody else. And so you, you can love both people for different different ways, different reasons. And going back to that pie perspective, it just doesn't apply very well, say, to the concept of, of love. And so instead, a better perspective, I guess, on the like the love thing is that like the rising tide lifts all ships. That if you are, you know, treating other people well and caring for them and just loving people, we'll say just in general, it's like everybody gets lifted up. So if you have metamors or other partners, it's like everybody can benefit from that environment, from that situation. And that is, like I say, that is a common way that people in open relationships tend to think about love, tend to think about relationships. And it's really helpful. So if you happen to, if that's new to you, if you're monogamous and tend to think of things that way, just, just be aware that there's like another perspective. And, and I think a lot of times like that, the other one, the rising tide lifts all ships. I think it's better. I think it's more accurate about how the world can work and really kind of does work. If you're in a monogamous relationship, just be aware that there are other perspectives. And, you know, I really like the, the polyamory open relationship perspective that that rising tide does lift all ships. I feel like that really does work to explain a lot about, you know, how the world works, how people are, and that we don't always have to like look at the other people in relationships as, as competition, that that's can be a way of like accidentally shooting ourselves in the foot. I do want to mention really fast, just comparison and jealousy, like that can, that can pop up. And that is one of the, I guess, things that can happen when you're in open relationships. It can happen in any relationship, but, but if you're interested, we're not going to go into like comparison and jealousy too much because that is a big topic. It's, it's a really good, interesting one. There are some things like if you end up being jealous or if you often compare yourself to other people, there are things that you can do to really help you kind of work through that to like take some of the sting away and to just not have it like hurt so much. And what I really want to do, because it is a big topic, is I really, comparison and jealousy, if you're interested in that, check out like any of like the polyamory podcasts. If you just, you know, go find one that you like. I know there's like multi-amory is a, is a good one. Uh, if you scroll through their topics that they have, you're going to find you know, just do a search on jealousy. And that is really the way like I feel like I kind of learned like what jealousy was and to better understand it. And once you understand it, it doesn't, it doesn't sting as much. It really kind of takes, you know, uh, it takes the sting out of it. So, and, and that was my experience of like listening to podcasts, swear to God, like one after the other, you know, to uh, like to explore topics. And so if you have, if you're interested in like comparison and jealousy, and that is something that really like gets you, then we're not going to dig deep enough into this because of time, but if you, you can find lots of podcasts out there, especially the ones that are like on the polyamory podcast, they're probably the best ones that I'm aware of that will really do a deep dive 
uh, and really help you on those on those topics. Another kind of quirky example, as far as competition goes, though, that I thought that I'm dealing with that I thought might help people like look at things a little bit differently. Okay, is is this podcast. So in one sense, you could say like the ethical seduction podcast is in this competition is in this competitive environment with all the other sex and relationship podcasts that are out there. And I would have to say like, that's true. Like that is a reality, you know, we are, and we're really super happy that you've taken the time to listen to us. You know, that out of all these, you know, a lot of podcasts are out there. Somehow you found us, and you care enough to like listen to us and and give us time and attention. And you know, for many people, it's like you're doing that week after week. But the thing about competition and, and podcasting is that you probably don't just listen to just us. We're probably not your only sex and relationship podcast. You're probably listening to, I, I'm just going to guess, like two or three that you have found and that you like. And so with, with our podcasts and others, if we end up teaming up with, say, somebody else, you know, that we pick a topic and we're like, yes, let's explore this together. Let's talk about this together. Or if we go to an event or we do something like that, that is somebody that normally will say would be like competition. Statistically, what ends up happening is that you, you end up benefiting. Both shows benefit, you know, or both people will, will benefit. You know, we're working together. We have similar communities. These communities maybe overlap a little bit. You know, you might if you're listening to our show and I introduce you to, like I said, the multi-amory podcast and you go listen to that, you know, yes. And that helps you. Then that, that benefits them too. But this kind of, it's better to like be in this environment and work with the people that you're in than to kind of really view everybody as competition. And again, when you do this from a business perspective, as I've been like learning about podcasting from a business perspective, they're like, if you do this, your podcast will benefit. You will get more listeners. Things will grow. You will hone your skills. You'll become, you know, be able to do better shows and like everything just thrives that way. So if you come in and you're like, I need to beat out all the other podcasts, it's like, it's just not going to work. If you come in there and you're like, I'm in a community, podcasting community, we're talking about, you know, the subgenres like our relationships and sex and education. And we work together with the, you know, as a team, all the people that are like in this community everybody benefits and that's that is an important thing to like really learn to change perspective on competition and what competition is you don't have to necessarily quote beat out everybody instead you work together you know and that is a very different that's a very different perspective all right so let's get back to the original question which is like how does one beat out competition and here's the real answer that I want everybody to remember. And I thought about this and this is what I would do myself, right? So the first thing is like, I would just admit like, okay, like I like this person. So does other, you know, the other person likes so-and-so as well. You know, like we're, we're all in this kind of together, right? I would just admit that like, I like this person too. So I think being able to say that in essence to both the other people, the person that you like and the other person who is say the other suitor for lack of a better term, just to acknowledge that, yes, I like them too, right? And I think that lets everybody kind of know where I stand, you know, and that the interest is there. And that's sort of the, the magic line, I think, about, you know, admitting this to not just to yourself, but admitting it to the other people involved. It's, it's not a challenge. 
you know, it's not disrespectful. You're just kind of making a statement saying, this is how I feel. So it's very factual and it's, it's very open and transparent, right? And that's the part that is going to really win everybody over. The other thing to remember is just, again, that the person that I'm interested in, that they're an individual and ultimately they get to choose who they want to be with, how much time they spend with, you know, me or the other person. And, you know, it's, it's their life. And so it's really important to remember that, that, it, you know, and, and to basically that they have the power to make this decision. It's not something, you know, I can put myself out there and say, I like you too, but then it's really up to them to sort of decide what they want to do with that. So there's a couple options, you know, perhaps they want to date us both. You know, perhaps they want to go out on a few dates and then after that, they're going to like settle down and pick one of us. Like that's, you know, that's kind of common dating, I would say in a lot of ways. Um, perhaps they're going to choose me and perhaps they will choose the other person, right? It's like one of those things is going to happen, but it's not really my decision. And so the best thing I would say is like, you just go with it. You just, you know, it, as long as I'm willing to invest time and interest in in this person that I like, then I just go with it, right? And you just wait until they decide what they want. And there's a decent chance that they will pick both of you to date, you know, or to just at least for a little while until they kind of settle in on, on something that they, on a decision. Now, if I've done my work, which means, you know, if I uh, have presented to them, like who I am authentically, then I really should trust that they're going to make a wise choice and it's okay for them to sort of, I'm going to say, have that power of getting to make the decision. Um, that's, that's fine that they get to do that, right? Because if I've presented myself well, if I have been authentic and been honest about who I am and they kind of know who I am, then if they, if they pick me, it's because they feel like, okay, it's a good fit. And if they don't pick me, it's because it wasn't as good a fit, say maybe as it was with this other person. And that's important to remember that what we're looking for is, is to have a good fit, you know? So I don't want them picking me if, if it's not a good fit. Then you end up wasting time and energy and it, it's just not, not very good, right? So I'd almost like rather have them weed me out. If they don't feel like it's a good fit, then, you know, weed me out. So let me also just mention this, right? I might want to be chosen by them because I might feel that in my heart and, you know, that I'm really interested and I really like them and I have this crush and all that kind of stuff. But like, it's important to remember, like, it's not a competition with that person who I'm interested in, right? I'm not trying to really win them over. Or I shouldn't think of it that way. If you do think of it that way, there's a little bit of objectification that's going on. Like, I'm trying to win this object. I'm trying to show that I am you know, worth them, whatever. That's not the, that's not the way we want to be thinking about it. We, we want to look at it as like, is this a good fit? We're working together with this, with, with everybody to find a good fit. And if it ends up being at the best fit it, are the other two people, you know, the, the two of them together, then so be it. You know, there, there's lots of people in this world. I want good, high quality relationships Every, you really want that. Everybody wants high quality relationships, right? And so with, if it's not a good fit, then we need to remember that it's okay. We don't want to force things and we just kind of let that go. And we're back in, say, to the dating pool and looking around at, at other people. But that's, that's because that's best. You know, we just haven't found that person that we really are clicking with yet. And so this goes back to kind of like where I started with all this, which is everybody wants 
beautiful people in their lives that we really are connected to. And in this mixing pool of society where you meet somebody and then, you know, sometimes they like you and sometimes they move on to somebody else. That really ends up being the, the best thing for us because over time, what we would hope is that we're going to find somebody who's a really good fit. And so like, if you just take the first person that comes along in some regards, that's like almost like settling where you're just grabbing a person, right? And you haven't invested very much time to kind of find out like how, how decent of a fit are we? Whatever. So being in this social environment where you are having this kind of mixing of all these different people and you're influencing each other, um, that, is, that is what is like going to pay off the most over time. And there's a little bit of like, you just have to trust that it's, it's going to work out. Every time you have a go on a date or you meet somebody new or whatever, it, you're going to probably learn and grow from that experience. And that's the way I would tend to, to look at it or suggest that you look at it. But again, you don't want to necessarily have to think of it as competition. And if somebody better comes along and they lose interest in you because they go for somebody else, then that's the way that that particular relationship turned out it does not mean it is a bad relationship right and you kind of learn from it and you you go on and over time with our lives we're probably going to get better and better at being able to kind of find people that we really click with and who we like and so that's that kind of refinement that goes on over time so it can be hard to think of like oh i really like this person i really want to be with them or i really want to like go on dates with them just just realize though, in the bigger picture, like if that doesn't work out, you don't want it to be forced. You don't want to be forcing stuff that is, is not comfortable, is, is not a good match. The real secret for beating the competition comes down to like just trying to be your best self, which is we kind of in some respects, like this is the answer for everything we talk about on this show. But it's like, if you focus on yourself, you know, taking care of yourself, treating everybody well as best you can, being a good person, I would say like in your heart, if you use that as kind of a guide, you know, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the, the best thing that I'm aware of? You don't have to be perfect. You're allowed to make mistakes. Mistakes is how we learn, you know, but if you just have like good intentions and you're working on stuff, then that's going to come across to the people you're with. So just, you know, again, being honest and authentic and having that sort of like good heart, that is going to be the best thing that's going to earn you this really good reputation over time. You're trying to be a better person. You're trying to be, have a happier life, be more satisfied with yourself, be more satisfied with the people that are in your social circle that you're around. If you're doing those kind of things, you're not going to be worried about competition and you're probably not going to view other people as competition. And that I would say is the real secret and the real advice that I want to give for this whole podcast is, is the concept of thinking of the other people in the world as competition is is not the best thing to serve you and it really is you know how do you beat everybody else out it's going to be taking care of yourself being a good person developing skills and things like that, that where you have a lot to offer to people and if you do that then you're going to be attractive and then you're going to be i almost hate to say it then you're going to be beating out other people and you're going to be the one that is desired that people are choosing that they enjoy being around and i think that's the important takeaway so thank you. I hope that you got something out of that. I know I went in a couple different pathways with that, starting off talking about just like in general evolution and social environments. And then, you know, I feel like I've learned a lot about this myself from the poly community. 
open relationships and just the way they function and work, you're not looking at other people as competition. You really should not be. But then the third part that I want to talk about was like, you know, in some respects, competition is real. I want to leave everybody with some actual tips of things to do, but it really comes down to not having that mindset, you know, and changing the way you're, you're viewing the world. And I like to think like having a better, more accurate view of, of what is going on in these social environments. So I also want to mention that we have our free guide for connecting conversations, which you can download from ethicalseduction.com. Uh, this is a, a PDF that I've put together that I, I just realized one day, like conversations are like at the core of like everything that we do. And so I wanted to try to think through and like, and, and do some research and put together like a summary of like, like what are the key important things to know about conversations so that you can have better conversations? So that that would apply when I wrote this for like when you first meet somebody or if you're like maybe having a really important deep conversation or something that's maybe potentially say scary, you're not sure how they're going to take it. And I tried to kind of go through and just give some pointers about how conversations work so that when you're in those situations, you've got something to like fall back on and, uh, and understand. So anybody who would like that, that is on the ethical seduction website and it's the the guide for connecting conversations you can just just download it the other thing i just want to mention is that i'm also doing 30 minute one-on-one coaching calls so those calls the idea there is like we can really get into specifics that you might have or if there's something that's like bothering you and the point is just to you know because we can be more focused you're going to get better results and a lot faster and it's going to be a lot more specific to what you're dealing with. So I don't think we have to do super long calls. 30 minutes ought to do plenty for helping a lot of people really fast. So those are available as well at the Ethical Seduction website. If you like today's show, please remember to follow us so you get future episodes. And if you have friends who you think might benefit from like the, the topics that we're talking about, like send them a link. You know, that's an easy thing to do. If you're listening to this podcast, you can like forward that, that, that link to them. But word of mouth is how a lot of people like learn about us and, and find out about us. But, but the main point is really to kind of help people. So if you know somebody that say they are competitive or something like that, you might want to forward this episode to them just as just to be beneficial. So, and it, again, helps us, but it helps them too. If you're on Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, you can rate and review us. That's something not every platform does, but Apple does. So uh, ratings and reviews help us. If you want to leave us a review where you're giving us some some feedback, some writing, that that feedback helps us make better shows. You know, we're able to like listen to what what you say, what people offer, and that uh, shapes the topics that we talk about. You know, if we have certain guests that we get on here. So anybody who's willing to take the time to do that, again, thank you. That's a, a wonderful help and it, and yeah, it really benefits us. Social media, we're everywhere at Ethical Seduction. So that's Instagram, Facebook, FetLife, Reddit. Uh, send me messages if you would like. That would be great. Thank you, everybody. And remember to live the life that you want with the people that you want. Thanks. Bye.